guys, welcome back to the Allergic to Grace podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Whitney. And we're so glad you joined in to listen today. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about Numbers, chapters 3 and 4. But to pick up where we left off last week, let's quickly recap what we saw in chapters 1 and 2. Yes. So last week we did chapters 1 and 2, the first two books of Numbers, obviously. (laughs) Um, We're counting. One, two. two. (laughs) Um, So the first thing we saw was God requesting Moses to perform, perform, is that the correct term? Perform, conduct Conduct, a census um, of all the fighting men within the Israelite nation Moses does so we got into great debate about the amount of them yeah whether the numbers are accurate yeah. you know that type of thing minus the levites is everybody minus the levites yes exactly we also talk about that and why mm-hmm. they're not included in yeah. that as well as the marching order and the setup of the camp yep. and where the clans and tribes were to be set up around the tabernacle yep and we got into a little deeper conversation about what the standard was as in what each individual tribe or clan's flag was and we did talk about yeah, some unicorns unicorns so that was interesting you should go back and listen yes, to that you should <laughs> but also you before should. we forget and before we jump into chapters three and four I had something that I really wanted to talk about and I'm super sad that it didn't pop out to me when we were reading through this chapter the first time around because I don't know if you know this or not but like after we do our episodes I reread the chapters again before I start on my new notes for the next couple of chapters that we're going to be talking about. So when you redo that do you read like now next time we record will you read chapters one two three and four or just chapters three and four just three and four just like the previous whatever that we've done just to kind of give my brain a A refresh yeah so when rereading through this um chapter two verse two really stood out to me and i was like taking it at face value it is so profound and i had such a strong feeling that like my interpretation of it in my brain was right you know i don't know You know how sometimes you read and some things jump out to you? So in the beginning of chapter two, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, The people of Israel shall camp each by its own standard with the banners of their father's houses. They shall camp facing the tent of meeting on every side. So like when we first talked about this, we just went into more detail about how like the tribes were arranged around the actual tabernacle. And believe it or not, we actually got into this episode's content a little bit bit. by accident. Um, (laughs) But... They faced the tent of meeting. So like when I read that face value, as in like, I was just thinking, okay, so they literally were facing the tent. They were facing the presence of God because he had descended on the tabernacle. Like he's there, you know, all the time. So like when they're in their most vulnerable state, i.e. sleeping, they're still not facing the outside world. They're not keeping a lookout on what's going around and what's going on outside of the tabernacle. They're actually looking in toward God, trusting him to protect them a from, from outsiders that may approach and attack them when their flank is turned, you know, like, yeah, and all of that stuff. So like, I don't know, it really kind of resonated. And yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh, in times of just despair or when you're in a vulnerable situation like it just reminds you to keep your eye on god because he's the one that knows all has all will do all to protect you like you're his people like (laughs) keeping him in the center exactly but like they face the tabernacle like that's crazy insane so like actually when i read that i went into looking into it and apparently facing doesn't mean what i think it means um (laughs) it just means some distance away from the tabernacle oh because i was thinking like you were looking towards that's what i thought too and there's i couldn't find like a definitive answer there's a lot of different like things of what that means but still even if they weren't exactly facing i think the message is still there you know like Mm -hmm. it's what it says in our esv bible like they were facing the tabernacle looking towards which has like a more profound meaning in my life anyway than what i originally thought yeah (laughs) i like that very much so and even i think it's really neat that even if that that's not what that means in this sense and like the literal sense of it when it comes to the way the camp was set up i feel like i don't know i I really like that because it's just so applicable to life even today like we shouldn't be facing the world taking on the world and like having the things of this world come before god right you should not have god at your back he should be at the forefront of your life like at the forefront of your side you know like 
when you think of, I don't know, in the days of Jesus, what, who was it? Paul was trying to walk on water. And when he took his eyes off Jesus, he started to sink. Like the, the same situation. I think it was Peter. Peter, whatever. I don't remember. <laughs> it's Peter. <laughs> it's totally Peter. He's the radical. Peter, Paul, Piper, who knows? Anyway. Yeah. All peas. All peas. Peter. The old P. Paul. I don't know anybody else with a P name. There isn't any. <laughs> it's just those two. Anyway. Anyways. So that's what I had to say. That's what I meant to touch AIDS. on. Right? Oh my gosh. That was so great. <gasps> Rabies. <laughs> Bats carry what? AIDS. <laughs> that reference is from oh our Levitical series. If you want to listen, just go back. It's hilarious when we're talking about clean and unclean animals. So anyway, jumping into this episode chapters three and four we are going to be talking about the levites in particular their breakdown their kind of like you know duties how they're arranged and all that stuff same thing that we did for the entire israelite people we're now just focusing and zooming in on the tribe of levi yeah i.e the levites so to start in chapter three um we can read here i'll read this out These are the generations of Aaron and Moses at the time when the Lord spoke with Moses on Mount Sinai. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, Nadab, the firstborn, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, the anointed priest, whom he ordained to serve as priests. But Nadab and Abihu died before the Lord when they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai, and they had no children. So Eliezer and Ithamar served as priests in the lifetime of Aaron, their father. So that whole first section just kind of made me dive into Aaron and the priests and what the difference is between the Aaronic and Aaronic Aaron's line of priests versus like the Levitical priests that people sometimes reference. Mm -hmm. Right. So basically, the only times that the Israelite people can have a priest, as in the high priest or the priests that do other things that can actually go in and touch, yeah, you know, the stuff in to the do the work, to do the, the work, sacrificing, the sacri- rituals, exactly. that type of thing. The only people that can do that is from the line of Aaron, correct? Not the entire Levite Levite tribe. Like I feel like we said that before. Like the high priest can only come from Aaron, and everybody else can be a priest. No, right? Only the priests, the ones who were ordained, that got the anointing oil, that did all that stuff, got naked, all that mess. The only ones that can do that are Aaron, his sons, and their Their descendants from that. Yeah, it does change um, later down the line. But for right now, it's literally Only just Aaron. the people from Aaron. Yeah. So. Can we talk about how much work that would be for three people? Okay. So like in this time, his sons had sons. Oh, they did? Yes. I have a whole family tree. Okay. My notes look very like sporadic, but like, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So if Eliezer was the only one that I think had sons, he had two sons and then his sons had a son and then two okay. other sons. So like, okay. there was a whole thing going on. It wasn't just... Because if you think about it, Aaron was the older brother of Moses. Mm-hmm. Moses was 80 when he was called. Okay. So like he Aaron had, is already old children. and he had grown children. Yeah, His children probably had and, children yeah. already, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's not just three people, mm-hmm. but the three people that we're going to talk about is Aaron, Eliezer, and Ithamar. Those are the three that are really, they're still alive. So like, why wouldn't we talk about them? Right. You know? Yeah. And also because Nadab and Abihu, they did not have did. any descendants. Yeah, they did. <laughs> what they did they did have descendants they did they are dead. oh dad sorry your accent sorry <laughs> the country came out they did they did they they they, they, they they're they did? dead they are dead okay let's stop saying dead so much <laughs> <laughs> um so then we go into do we have anything else about that i mean i think it was interesting that the study portion of the bible also mentioned the fact that moses who was a levite yeah did not mention him or his family no as well no and they just kind of got absorbed into when moses died the family of Mm -hmm. or the levite tribe yeah because it's only the line of aaron that could be that can be priests priests. and moses is the exception to the rule only moses not moses's line just just moses Moses. he he was the one that was chosen by god to lead the israelite the og 
like he's the one that set it all up so of course like he can't not do it you know correct but remember too that once like everything like he can't correct and we talk about this like he can't go he can't go in and do all the stuff after Mm -hmm. the after he anoints everything and like i think because i'm pretty sure in this chapter they talk about when moses and aaron go in yeah and they're in the tent of meeting and etc so maybe like after the first couple of times but maybe not i don't really remember remember. maybe that's something we need to look into make a note yeah and moses i need a pen i feel like we went through this whole thing in leviticus we did but i don't know if it was just conjecture or if we actually looked that up I don't remember. I feel like it was just conjecture. So we go into the duties of the Levites. I also want to point out that I thought it was kind of interesting that we are forewarned about what happens when you approach God um, unauthorized. Unauthorized. So in willing in the very beginning, when we're talking about the Levites, the tribe that's going to be taking care of the tabernacle, we have this warning that said, "Hey, remember these two kids? Yeah, yeah, they're dead. So um, let's not let's not do that." Anyway, so in in verse five, it says, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, bring the tribe of Levi near and set them before Aaron, the priest, that they may minister to him. They shall keep guard over him and over the whole congregation before the tent of meeting as they minister at the tabernacle. They shall guard all the furnishings of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting and keep guard over the people of Israel as they minister at the tabernacle. And you shall give the Levites to Aaron and to his sons. They are wholly given to him from among the people of Israel. And you shall appoint Aaron and his sons and they shall guard their priesthood. But if any outsider comes near, he shall be put to death. So this is God literally giving Aaron and his sons an entire tribe of people. Yeah. But God also owns them. Yeah. Like Aaron and his sons are servants of God. So like God owns all the people of Israel anyway, but like he's set apart the Levites as his own. Yes. Specifically for him. And we'll get into that a little bit more later. I kind of, I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't remember what I was going to say. So go ahead. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was just going to say, I kind of wanted to go off like from Aaron and his sons to talk about like verse eight, they shall guard all the furnishings of the tent of meeting and keep guard over the people of Israel as they minister at the tabernacle. Yeah. I kind of really like this verse. First of all, two things stood out to me. Number one, minister, (laughs) ministering Mm -hmm. women. Anyway. (laughs) totally random and has nothing to do with what i'm about to talk about but that was also one of the first things i thought of um the second thing is is that and we were just kind of i guess sort of talking about this morning so the definition of minister i looked up from the oxford dictionary is to attend to the needs Mm -hmm. attend to the needs nothing other than that's what the basic definition is I feel like whenever you hear the word minister, you immediately think of like a clergyman or like a pastor or, you know, somebody of the sort. And we tend to forget exactly, you know, what exactly that can be. And you can minister and we can minister in our everyday lives just by attending to somebody's needs. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I feel like that word gets a lot of hate. Yeah. And And it gets a lot of like yes and like two one time i was going through this whole thing where i still <laughs> I often do <laughs> i was just gone with it i'm like yeah <laughs> okay, <go ahead. laughs> can't wait to hear that back yeah. um i often go through like am i doing enough like am i doing what i'm supposed to be doing like am i and one time my brother pointed out to me he's like you forget that like you minister to your family Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have to be preaching to them or teaching to them but we can minister to our families to others to those of us around us yep just by attending to their needs when you Mm -hmm. cook dinner from your family when you do the laundry when you pick something up at the grocery store or when you do all of those unseen things and even yeah. seen things because let's be real i mean it's not those things are not i hate laundry i hate <laughs> it oh i hate it but like that's what it is and i don't know it just kind of like i really liked it because it was like okay well maybe i am okay like i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing because i'm here like i'm present i'm attending to their needs and mm-hmm. others needs yeah I just, I don't know. That really yeah. spoke to me. And it was just something I wanted to share. Okay. I went down a whole rabbit hole about the fruits of the spirit and about how I don't feel like I'm doing enough. And like at the end of the day, it's the enemy whispering in your ear a thousand percent. Right. Because I feel like if you 
have all of the fruits of the spirit and you possess all the fruits of the spirit, you know that you can show the fruits of the spirit even without thinking about it. Yeah. You, you do. Of course, everybody has their moments. Like everybody has their times where they're just like, no, get out of my face. Like right. I don't have the fruit of the spirit right now. Right. Non-existent patience. Exactly. Like, That's why we have Jesus and we can ask for forgiveness. <laughs> yeah. And strength too. And those things. And just yeah. be careful if you ask for, Patience. To bear fruit, he's going to give you opportunities to grow and to get those. Like, I'm not saying don't ask for them, but he's not just you. Speaking from personal experience, you pray for patience. You will get a lot of scenarios in which you can practice, practice your patience. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Did you hear the change of my voice? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. ministering to, I read somewhere um, in all of this it might be in the study study bible but it also meant that like they were supposed to be the tribe that was exhibiting what they should be doing yeah and like they were supposed to be learning from them spiritually what they how they should carry out their life like all these things that we just talked about you know like they were supposed to be the ones that they were very visible they they were visible they were very visible Mm -hmm. in the sense so like if you look like well should i do that kind of like how like people always say like when you're growing up and like you share stories with your children about when you're growing up and then they go and do the same thing and they're like mm-hmm. yeah but you did it yep type of thing don't do anything i wouldn't do exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> i also just had this little excerpt i wanted to read i believe i think it's from enduring word <gasps> enduring word from that's enduring a, my commentary my no, sample ran out on my commentary i'm trying my email <laughs> I'm no, it's only 45 pages. Oh, okay. I uh, am trying to get a library card currently so I can, you can borrow mine. potentially rent it from the library. Do you want to see if they have it? They don't How have do you it know? because I've checked. What's it they called? don't have it in stock. It's called, I think it's called Numbers or the Book of Numbers by Timothy R. Ashley. All right, all right go ahead. Say what you're going to say. Um, but, anyways, this quote is from um, Enduring Word about the Levites and the priests and the work and things that they're doing and the ministering and everything. Um, it says, To do the work of the tabernacle, in some ways, being a priest was far more visible and perhaps glamorous than being a Levite. But the service of the Levites made the work of the priests possible and was seen by God as having equal value. It was all part of the work of the tabernacle. I just really like that because even though, and I think this just kind of hit me when it needed to, I guess, is like when you're behind the scenes, I mean, not that anyone want to be the center of attention or the focus of anything. It's just sometimes nice to be able to get recognition, which is also pride (laughs) me, but it's nice to know that like, this is just God sees you and he knows and he puts what you're doing at, well, the Levites, I guess, what the mm-hmm. Levites were doing equal to what the priests who were visible doing the work, wearing the clothes or whatever. Yeah. It was equally as important. Yeah. And everybody has a role to play. Right. There are no, what is that? What is that thing in show business? What's it called? Oh my goodness. There are no small roles or something like that. Now I'm thinking like fluff pieces. There are no, what is it called? I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Like secondary characters, like everybody has a role to play and everybody's part is just as important because if you didn't do that part, the integral cog of the whole operation wouldn't right. Which is a large part of why I have the utmost respect for people in the service industry. I couldn't do it. Like DMV workers. Mm -mm. No, like those that serve the public or serve like a client base. Like I just Mm -mm. anyway, moving on. It's fine because I'm going to go to the library tomorrow anyway. Oh, here it is. Like Timothy R. Ashley, the book of numbers borrow. Oh, so they do have it. They do have it. It's on Hoopla. Oh, Hoopla. I have Libby. I have Libby and Hoopla. You can do both of them. It's like whenever I go to it doesn't matter. Here, I'll share it to you. Thank you. I borrowed the title. So if you can't get it, you can also look at it. All right. Yes. What were we talking about? I was just going over like the whole ministering thing. I felt very strongly and felt like the Lord was just speaking to me. And yeah, it's very much so this is applicable in your everyday life. Like if you feel discouraged because you're not, you know, front and center or you're not like you feel like you're what you're doing is not enough. You're talking to me. No. Why? I feel like you're you, talking to me. No, I read this whole quote and you missed my entire explanation about being in the... Oh, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> about being like behind the scenes and everything that like God sees you and God knows. Like yeah. for the, yes, okay. Yes. Anyways. So I also like not liked, but I also thought it was interesting about the fact that if any outsider approached, like they would be surely put to death. Talking about not just foreigners outside of the tribes of Israel, but like anybody who was not a Levite. Like nobody could come close to the tent of meeting nobody could go into the court itself unless they were sacrificing something like they were there with the purpose and they were in like they could enter in and even then i don't think they I could think, enter in. yeah they, i think they, they could come the to door. the door yeah yeah and we talked about that in leviticus a little bit but like they would be put to death either by god himself or, or by the levites they would literally stone them yes yeah. <laughs> they had to that's so like protection so like say i'm i don't know i'm not from the tribe of, of levi i'm i don't know anybody other than that in judah yeah i'm from yes and i go and i want to go into the tabernacle just because i can and victoria is part of the levite tribe it's her job to, to keep me you. back and and to stop me mm-hmm. yeah and that also too could be a teaching moment where you can't go because <laughs> um so are we moving on from that? Yeah, I think we're good to go. We're at 11 now. Yeah. It says, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, behold, I have taken the Levites from among the people of Israel instead of every firstborn who opens a womb among the people of Israel. The Levites shall be mine for all the firstborn are mine. On the day that I struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I consecrated for my own all the firstborn in Israel, both of man and beast. They shall be mine. I am the Lord. So that's, that's talking about a reference back in Exodus, Exodus. 13. Um, the part that I like about this is um, I have taken the Levites from among the people of Israel instead of every firstborn who opens the womb. So this is God not changing because he doesn't change, but he's just, what, is, what did we say way back in Genesis? He's catering. Catering to our humanity, I guess. Because yeah. if you go back and read Exodus 13, you had to, for every firstborn male, I think and female, yeah. every firstborn, every firstborn, every firstborn of people and of animals you had to sacrifice the animal but obviously god doesn't want human sacrifices so you had to go and pay a restitution price or a redemptive a redemption price yeah price i think for the firstborn to the tabernacle so like they did that way back in exodus and obviously that's a lot i mean it is so instead of doing that he's taking the levites in place of all of the firstborn of Israel. So not everybody in every single tribe who ever has a firstborn child has to come and pay a, re- a redemptive price. He's taking the Levites in their stead. In their place, yeah. As well as not every animal that is firstborn in the rest of the tribe of Israel has to be sacrificed. All the Levites' animals, firstborns, will be sacrificed. Be sacrificed in place of theirs. In place of theirs. Yeah. So that's that. Can we just talk about how good God is for that? Right. Like... That's a lot of moving parts and like to be that big of people to have people come in like is also protecting them because the more they're exposed to his presence and doing all of that. Yeah. The more at risk they are of dying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So we'll talk more about that. I think in chapter four. No. Yeah. Chapter. I think it's latter latter half of this this chapter. Yeah. But yeah. So the next couple of. Hold on, let me make sure before I say. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the next couple of verses, a uh, couple of big chunks of the verses are talking about the sons of Levi and their their sons and how they are being counted for this census. Um, because we need the census to know if there's enough Levites to replace the number of. Yes. So the every born. male from a month old and upward you shall list so if you remember back in exodus 13 the firstborn was supposed to belong to god Correct. so the firstborn was supposed to be that servant of god they were the, supposed to go and serve god at the tabernacle mm-hmm. like that was supposed mm-hmm. to be their yeah thing that they did for their life so instead of that he's just taking the tribe of levi levi right so we have the sons of levi and then their sons and that's how we're doing this whole census Yes. From Levi, we have Gershon. Am I saying that right? I think so. Gershon. Kolhath? 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 I have no idea. And Merari. Those are the three sons of Levi. Hold on one second. Okay, so we're talking about the sons of Levi, right? Yes. 
Gershon, Kaloth, and Mercari. Yep. And from that, we have each one of their sons. Correct. Right? And then we have the number of the census. So, mm-hmm. from Gershon, 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 mm-hmm. Gershon, whatever. The firstborn of Levi. We have Libini. <laughs> That's not it. Libni. Libni. That's how I'm going to say it. Sure. And, uh... Shimmy. <laughs> shimmy, shimmy, shake. Right? Shimmy. Like, now drop. That, that's how you would say it. Shimmy, right? S-H-I-M-E-I. Shimmy. What verse is this? Um, I'm just reading off the Libni and Shimmy. 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 <laughs> it's the same thing, but with a may on the end. Shimmy. Shimmy. Shim, shy Yes. So, yeah. Libni and Shimmy. I'm going to say Shimmy. Okay, so from the tribe, shimmy, shimmy. from the son of Kaloth, which is the middle child, we have Aram. Mm-hmm. Is R okay? Hebron, you're with me. I mean, I'm with you. Zeal, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So also keep in mind, Aram is the father of Aaron and Moses and Miriam. Amram, Amram is the father is Aaron's dad. Aaron's dad. Okay. So Aaron had additional brothers. Aaron had additional uncles. So these are so Amram, Ishar, Hebron, and Uziel are Aaron and Moses's and uncles okay but they can't be priests no no so aaron the priestly line is from aram which is from kaloth which is levi's second born son yes okay. okay get it like if from levi they are the fourth generation okay and that makes sense considering what we what talked we talked about. about in the years that yes yes so i'm with you the gershon are called the gershonites yes and the Kaloth are called the Kohathanites. Koth- Kohathanites. Yeah, whatever. Kohathanite. And then the last one is Marari. Marianites. I think it's. I think it's southern and how we pronounce ours. Marari. Marari. That's what I'm saying. They. He had two sons. He had Mahali and Machine. 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 M U S H I. We are butchering, butchering these and names no disrespect at all whatsoever no we're I trying just have not the slightest we're idea we're trying okay so from gershon the tribe of gershon which was the firstborn of levi mm-hmm. the gershonites we have eliza <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm so, uh, the chief eli eliasef eliasef maybe that makes sense there's a chief um, and the, he's the son of Lael, which isn't mentioned. So it must be like the third or fourth generation from, okay. from Gershon. I'm mm-hmm. not saying any of this right. Mm-hmm. From Kaloth, uh, we have Elisaphon. Elisaphon. What verse? I'm sorry. I'm, all these names verses. are running together. I'm sorry. Hold on a second. Lael is the chief of the father. No, nope, here it is. Gershon's 30. Elisaphon. Yeah. Elisaphon. Elisaphon. The son of Uziel. So that's like what aaron and moses's cousin yeah um and then we have from the tribe of marari we have <laughs> zuriel turn the page yeah probably we have zuriel which is like the chief of the marari tribe and that comes from somebody else like abihil which would be like um mahali or mushi's son yeah okay mm-hmm. All that to say, there's chiefs of the tribes, and that's who they are from where they are. Okay, chieftains, the chief, the chief tribes. Okay, so okay, the from the tribe of Gershon, every male one month and older, yep. right, one month and up, there's seventy five hundred. Okay, from the tribe of Kaloth, there's eighty six hundred. Correct, and from the tribe of Merari, <laughs> Ferrari, there's sixty two hundred. Also correct. Okay. So the duties of these people. Stop saying duties. What they were responsible for <laughs> in the upkeep and the traveling and all of that. We're not mm-hmm. going to get in too much detail because they kind of just brush over it. Yeah. In this chapter and chapter four, we'll get kind of into the nitty gritty of it all. But Gershon, the tribe of Gershon, were responsible for wooden parts, mostly. Um, the verse itself says... And the guard duty of the sons of Gershon and the tent of meeting involved the tabernacle, the tent with its covering, the screen for the entrance of the tent of meeting, the hangings of the court, the screen for the door of the court that is around the tabernacle and the altar and its cords and all the service connected to these. Okay. 
the sons of Kaloth were the vessels. So like all of the pieces that went inside of the tabernacle. We're talking about the Ark of the Covenant, the showbread, the the altar of incense, all that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then woven parts is what i meant to say for gershon yeah i thought so but woven i was like well maybe parts. you write something i Not didn't I, parts. I my say, handwriting I'm, I'm pretty sure it was fabric woven parts <laughs> woven parts and for marari they got the wooden materials yes so they got like the pillars the bases their accessories like frames pegs all of that stuff the, the bones basically yes yes of the, the tabernacle the structure itself so if you remember last episode we were talking about how um all of the tribes were arranged around the tent of meeting and we kind of talked about the levites from Kaloth and the levites from gershon and the levites from marari and we didn't actually know what we were talking about or at least i didn't um no me either i had no idea so um the Kaloths, which are the middle son the ones that are um, responsible for like the vessels and stuff they're going to be camped at the south of the tent of meeting so they would be between the tent of meeting and reuben the tribe of reuben so they're kind of like the cushion from the rest of israel yeah. is this the picture you're looking at yeah i, I turned the page and i was okay. looking at the other picture i just want to um, make sure yes so the the gershon um levites so the levites that are ex- that descend from Gershon are at the back of the tent of meeting on the west side. So they're like if you So if we're looking at it from the from the top or from a drone overhead, they're on the they're on the left side. Yeah. So if you're standing at the front of the tent of meeting, they're at the very back. Yeah. Behind Correct. the court and yes. all of that. I stuff. Like, like that the, the description. Very back. You're yes. looking at the tabernacle yes. back. The Levites um, are at the north of the Tent of Meeting. So Which actually, Levites? just kidding. Hold on a second. Gershon sits between Ephraim and the Tent of Meeting, the tribe of Ephraim and the Tent of Meeting. That's that cushion on that side. And the other Levites from Merari mm-hmm. sit at the north. So if you're looking at the Tent of Meeting, they'd be on your right outside the court. Yeah. Um, and they sit between the tribe of Dan and the actual Tent of Meeting itself. And then the priests... Which and Moses. have we gotten there yet? I'm gonna read that part. Yeah, read it. Are we there? I think so. Okay. It's good. Yeah, because then it goes into the redemption of the firstborn. So okay, cool. yeah. We're in chapter three. So those hold on my Yes. Those who were to camp before the tabernacle on the east, before the tent of meeting, toward the sunrise, were Moses and Aaron and his sons, guarding the sanctuary itself to protect the people of Israel, and any outsider who came near was to be put to death. All those listed among the Levites, whom Moses and Aaron listed at the commandment of the Lord, by clans, all the males from a month old and upward, were 22,000. So Moses, Aaron, and his sons along with his family, their families, mm-hmm. camped at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Correct. Um, which would be, if you're looking at it, they're sitting right in front of you. Yeah. So they are between the tribe of Judah and the tent of meeting. Mm-hmm. So remember last episode, we talked about the tribe of Judah and how they had like the best seat in the house because they were facing the sun also with the very, you know, they were facing the east. It's like a thing of honor right mm-hmm. so how much more honorable is it to have the very priests at the very front of um, the tent of meeting yeah. closer to the tent of meeting also pointed east like it corroborates that story that yes. it's a high place of honor for placement correct um okay yeah i don't have anything else right now that i think do we already talk about where the mer the mer the mer marari yeah where they were I don't, did we? Yeah. They oh, were okay. at the north side. So if you're looking down the tent of meeting, they're at the right. Thought, yeah. No. Okay. The other ones then. That's correct. There was another brother I don't think we did yet. Or, yeah, another uncle. Yeah, brother. did we cool off? Yeah. So there's the, the, the south side. I don't know why I stuttered so much right there. Yeah. You did the south side. Hold on. I did all of them. There's only three. I'm flipping pages in her virtual Bible. You like that sound of my nails hitting my tablet? Do you remember that preacher one day? I don't even remember if he was a preacher. It was like that guest speaker we had at the church that was like, if you have a your Bible on a digital device, it's like kissing your wife through a screen door. Yeah, I remember him <laughs> saying that. I do have an actual Bible as well. I know. I just think it's hilarious. Because like in this day and age, who doesn't have a digital Bible? It's just so I can much carry more it with me everywhere. Right? Like I have this with me. I can 
I have a Bible at my desk at home. I have a Bible at my desk at actual, my actual office. But I have I, a Bible in my car. Like I have a but actual, I actual ha- but then I can also carry it with me. Accurately. Yeah. And it's not a million pounds. Correct. All this to like, I just, did oh we my talk gosh. about that other brother? I mean, not that it matters, but where, where he's located. Yes. We talked about cloth. There we go. Gershon and Oh, Marari. we did talk about cloth. Yeah. I missed him. She just wasn't paying attention. I probably wasn't. Kind of like my whole sermon on ministering while you were searching through the public library's archives. Are you sad that I found the book that you wanted? No. Okay, then. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. You can take that. So the whole of the, the males, a month old and up... Of the Levites. So the reasoning for the month old and up is because that's how, that's how old they had to be... When they were... Re- for the redemption yeah. price. And I think it's because if you made it to a month, you probably were going to live. Right. I know. I was just thinking about well, it. Like, there's know. just no other way of putting it. No, no. That's terrible. But, you know. Whatever. I mean, it's, tr- it's true. Yeah. So all of those totaled up to 2,200 people. 22,000. 22,000 people. <laughs> so I have two separate, I like, two separate commentators viewpoints on the 2200 so if you actually go in and add the numbers 7500 8600 and 6200 together you don't get 2200 22,000 you get 22,300 correct so like that is an obvious discrepancy Mm -hmm. in totaling so enduring word says the total of 22,000 levites given in numbers does not tally with the totals of the individuals of the individual clans giving prior which comes to 22,300 the discrepancy is most easily explained as a textual i don't like this word but corruption in numbers the number of call kilothites whatever may originally have been 8300 three in hebrew could quite easily have been corrupted into six which in hebrew three like it looks like an s slash s. yes i read this and then six is just an s and s mm-hmm. like there's no slash. they look very similar they're very similar um blue letter bible also said something on this different they said the sum total numbers of this tribe they are computed all in all twenty two thousand. the sum of the particular okay we've already established this um if this had been added to the sum total of the levites instead of being 273 fewer than the firstborn as they were would have been 27 more so the balance would have fallen the other way but this is supposed that the 300 which were struck off from the account when the exchange was to be made were the firstborn of the levites themselves born since their coming out of egypt which could not be put into the exchange because they were already sanctified to god yes I think the second is more like the one you just said. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. Because that also plays into a, into account of the number that we're going to get for the first yeah, I was gonna of Israel. Say, yeah. When we get to this other part of the book. 22,000 Levites, firstborn males, a month old and upward. So verse 40 says, and the Lord said to Moses, list all the firstborn males of the people of Israel from a month old and upward, taking the number of their names, and you shall take the Levites for me. I am the Lord instead of all the firstborn among the people of Israel and the cattle of the Levites instead of all the firstborn among the cattle of the people of Israel. So Moses did all the firstborn. (laughs) So Moses listed all the firstborn among the people of Israel as the Lord commanded him and all the firstborn males, according to the number of names from a month old and upward listed were 22,273. Yes. The redemption price for the 273 of the firstborn of people of Israel were over and above the number of Levite males. So if you take it like an eye for an eye, a man for a man, right? Firstborn for firstborn. They, for them to be a replacement for the firstborn of Israel, they had to equal in number. Yes. For it to be. Yeah. It was like a a trade-off. A trade. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So there was 273 in excess. So for those people, it says you shall take five shekels per head. You shall take them according to the shekel of the sanctuary, the shekel of 20 garaz, and give the money to Aaron and his sons as the redemption price for those who are over. So Moses took the redemption money from those who were over and above those redeemed by the Levites. From the firstborn of the people of Israel, he took the money, 1,365 shekels by the shekel of the sanctuary. And Moses gave the redemption money to Aaron and his sons, according to the word of the Lord, as the Lord commanded Moses. I have a question. I have a question also, and I'm going to be kind of excited if it's the same question. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm wondering, is it? My question is, is how did they determine who had to pay... 
Is that is that your question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did they determine which 273 yeah. people had to Because pay? five shekels would have been about a year's worth yes, of pay. Yes, I saw that also. I'm like, that's so much. That's I mean, not that I'm money. saying that that's... That's a lot of There's money. nothing is too much for the Lord. But I'm just saying, like, first of all, where do you come up with that when yeah. it's an entire year's worth of... Well, the Lord provides, number one. Number two, yes. how did they determine that? Yes. Yeah. So do you have an answer? I do. I have two Good. different answers. Um, Tell me. So the 2,273, there's a, there's a discrepancy, not a discrepancy, but there's debate around this. When we talked last episode about the whole firstborn to grown men was one to 27. Yes. One to 27. So the yes. 2,273 firstborn of Israel are likely those who hadn't done the firstborn thing that was described in Exodus, who hadn't paid Oh, the they hadn't paid price. yet. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. I should probably not do that. That makes a lot of sense. That's what I'm thinking anyway. Or should I say it makes a lot of shekels to me? Yeah, because the ones <laughs> that it. were done in Numbers 13 was right after the Exodus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's been a whole year worth of time for 2 million people to reproduce. 22,000 yeah. babies is not that crazy. No, not at all. <laughs> so I think that's likely where that 22,000 people like firstborns come from mm-hmm. are the ones that and were 273 would make that's not an unreasonable number to think that those are the ones who have not paid yet well the 2,273 would be the ones who haven't paid that's what i'm saying yeah that makes sense yeah i feel like that makes sense yeah. what's the second thing um so that was just completely separate so the ones on how they chose I was like, okay, so did they just randomly pick a number out of a hat? I mean, like, right? okay, what tribe? Like, well, okay, what name? Right? <laughs> you know? No. Um, Blue Letter Bible says it's probable that in the exchange they began with the eldest of the firstborn and so downward, so that those were to be redeemed with money who were the 273 youngest of the firstborn, more likely so than either that it was determined by lot or that the money was paid out of a public stock. Yeah, which is what I was thinking. And then Enduring Word says five shekels apiece was the price to be paid for the redemption of a firstborn a month old. But this money, though paid for these 273 persons, was probably paid out of a common stock of all. So everybody probably just paid it together and paid, and paid it. it. Really? Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Or I was they like, were well, like, we're going to split this up among the tribes. Each tribe has to give X amount of money. I mean, because it sounds it like like it sounds like a lot of money, but it's like a tax. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds like a lot of money, but for two million people, is it really? No. And you split That's what I, that tiny like, if amount I'm up. I'm thinking like, if it was a common stock, like I'm thinking Moses went around to the heads of the tribes and were like, this is how much you, your tribe needs to pay towards the sanctuary. Right. Collect this money however you see fit or bring distribute, it back, yeah. distribute it out and then bring it back. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So then it would be like half a shekel per right. household or something makes like sense. that. Instead of your whole year's worth, which exactly. is just half. Exactly. No. Half a shekel. <laughs> half a shekel. Not five. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. That makes sense. Anyway, I like it. So okay. that's just like, that's complete conjecture. I have no idea if that's what actually happened. Yeah, but it would make sense for them to split it up that way. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, like they didn't have a bank. Like what's the common stock? Like, what do you mean by that? Right. Like the common stock, I feel like is just like, okay, we have to pay this money. Right. There's, I have five, I have five families or whatever. Each family is going to give me one shekel. Yeah. I have however, seven tribes, whatever, yeah. however many it was. Yeah. I'm going to divide it and split it evenly. Did I just say seven? They had 11. There was yeah. 11 tribes. Yeah. I just meant like, I know what you're talking about. I think like of the tribes of Israel, they probably, they had 11 of them. Yeah. They had 11 trials, but within those tribes you had clans and then you had father's houses as well. Yeah. That's so what I'm saying. Yeah. They, they took the heads of the clans of Israel, the 11 people was like you owe me money yeah get it somehow yeah and then they went out to mm-hmm. their and collected it thousands of people and yeah. collected it thus is born the tax collectors oh my gosh mm, tax collectors metalworking here we uh, are pharisees anyway okay i think we're in chapter four now we sure are oh my gosh this, i thought this episode I thought this was, was gonna not- be i thought it was gonna be so short i'm like i have nothing me too okay, okay. so i get four is not I feel like we're doing a lot of repeat yes information yes yeah we have some things to discuss to discuss to yeah. discuss to discuss so there's a second count in chapter four there is um 
It says, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, take a census of the sons of Kaloth among from the, take a census from the sons of Kaloth from among the sons of Levi by their clans and their father's houses from 30 years old and up to 50 years old, all who can come on duty to do the work in the tent of meeting. So everything starts out like that. It's take a census of the sons of Kaloth, take a census of the sons of Gershon, take a census of the sons of mm-hmm. Merari. I said, just do it again. Basically, take a census. Yes. Of Instead every- of this time, we're not looking at one month old firstborn babies up until whenever. When it was it? Yeah. It is 30 years old to 50, 50 years old. A census of men between the ages of 30 and 50. Mm-hmm. Anybody that could is able-bodied to serve the tent of meeting. And tabernacle and all Correct. that. Correct. To be the assistants to the priests. Correct. So, Kaloth is first, um, and we'll talk about their duties here in a second. I like the fact that they were 30 to 50. They thought that the years between 30 and 50 were to be the prime of a man's life. Mm-hmm. This is from Enduring Word, by the way. Um, combining both wisdom and physical strength. When it came to work in the tabernacle of meeting, God wanted the best from the family of Kaloth. It said that the Levites entered their service at 25 years of age and they trained until they were 30 okay. and then they were released for like work in the tabernacle. So like they had five years of training college to do, to be like, and then they only had to work for 20 years anyway. Um, but it's, that's nice lot. to hear that I'm in the prime of my, it's, it's a lot though. Like think about all the physical, physical labor, labor that they mm-hmm. had to do. And they also yeah. had to minister to all of Israel. Like, uh, remember all of the things that they they were like they were also physicians they were the priests like, were mm-hmm. so i'm just saying like all the duties and things that they would have to because tend to yeah mm-hmm. it was a lot so i just like the fact that Kaloth gets the higher Most, honor yeah i guess he's the second born son of levi mm-hmm. he's not the firstborn son so Correct. god favored him over his firstborn son just like he did you know ishmael or Isaac over Ishmael, mm-hmm. Jacob over Esau, mm-hmm. Joseph over Reuben, mm-hmm. Moses over Aaron, mm-hmm. and further down the line, David over his brothers. Yep. Okay. Anyway, so Kaloth gets all of the vessels inside of the tabernacle. So that is the Ark of the Covenant, the table, the lamp, the golden altar, all of the things. Yeah. So all the furniture. In this, here, let me read it because mm-hmm. this is like the most important one. Um, when the camp is to set out, Aaron and his sons, Moses is not mentioned. Aaron and his son shall go in and take down the veil of the screen and cover the Ark of the Testimony with it. Then they shall put on it a covering of goatskin and spread on top of that a cloth of all blue and shall put it in its poles. And over the table of bread of the presence, they shall spread a cloth. Okay. It's talking about all the coverings. So for the Ark, we have the veil, mm-hmm. the goatskin, mm-hmm. the blue cloth, and that's it. And then they put the poles in it, like we talked about, because yeah, the Ark of the Covenant can't touch cannot it. be touched. The table of showbread, we have the blue cloth, mm-hmm. a scarlet cloth, and then goatskin. The lampstand, we have a blue cloth and then goatskin. And the golden altar, which is the altar of incense, we have a blue cloth and goatskin. So, like, the Ark of the Covenant gets the most coverings. Yes. Because it's the Ark of the it's Covenant. It's the most holy. <laughs> yes most holy i wouldn't say most holy to least but it's like the most significant significant one that's yeah that's a good way to put it yeah so from all of that it, it continues on to say how they're supposed to wrap it and all this mess um but basically they're wrapping it to where none of it can be seen and none of it can be physically touched by itself it says in verse 15, and when Aaron's and his sons have finished covering the sanctuary and all the furnishings of the sanctuary, as the camp sets out after that, the sons of Kaloth shall carry those, these, but they must not touch the holy things lest they die. They are the things of the tent of meeting that the sons of Kaloth are to carry. And Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest shall have charge of the oil for the light, the fragrant incense, the regular grain offering the anointing oil with the oversight of the whole tabernacle and all that is in it of the sanctuary and its vessels. In verse 17, it says the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, let not the tribe of the clans of of the Colothites be destroyed from among the Levites, but deal thus with them that they may live and not die when they come near to the most holy things. Aaron and his sons shall go in and appoint them each to his task and to, to his burden, but they shall not go and to look on the holy things, even for a moment, lest they die. So the, so the, 
the Levites that were descent from Kaloth can't touch the things, can't look at the things inside the tent of meeting, right. or they would immediately die. Surely die. Right. And it was up to Aaron and his his sons, the priests, mm-hmm. to tell them and show them how to do things yes. so that they didn't die. Pressure. Right? I was just thinking. Washing like, down on me. <laughs> Imagine the pressure that put on those people. And also the pressure that it put on the on the, the people calling the yeah, call the it's whatever does like what happens if like I you don't die know, something comes loose you know you die like, how you die remember That's how terrible. dare you think your hands are cleaner yeah i know i know i know okay so I think that's the most important one, to be yeah. honest, mm-hmm. out of all of them. I mean, that sounds terrible, but not to say that what the others did was not important, but and not this necessary. Was like, correct. Because again, everybody has a job. Everybody has something to do, mm-hmm. but they could at least touch the things they were carrying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> unlike, unlike them. <laughs> this is true. But it was also up to the priests to wrap it properly so that they that's didn't have saying, to worry about like, that. They you think I'm paranoid about sending an email? Yeah. Could you imagine me trying to wrap up a holy thing that I was responsible for somebody else? Can you imagine the priest going in and trying to wrap the the you ark pulled of it the too co- far in your corner? No, the ark of the covenant without touching it. How do you do that? Just like throw it over. Divine intervention. Put it down. You know, like without actually touching the ark of the covenant. Like how, how do you do that? Gloves. And then like no, trying to no. like put the poles in with like not like carefully the bells. Right. Like no. I can't imagine. Ooh. Anyway, like th- this, this is the type of stuff I was just, who was I telling? I think I was telling James today about how, you know, like they couldn't touch the things. They couldn't even look at the things or they, God would literally smite them. Like they would die immediate death. Right. This is the type of fear that God put into these people. Mm-hmm. Because a they had an example, Aaron's first sons, <clears throat> Aaron's first sons, like and they they they've been told by God Himself what would happen, right? And they've seen it happen before. Certain so death. like the fear of God, when somebody says, "I'm going to put the fear of God in you," and you should this, have the fear of God. This in you, is what they are talking. That's about. That's what they're talking that, about. Because I mean, reading it scares me. Like I said, the the pressure. Like don't. Mm, it only takes your fingernail like if you think for two seconds that the god of the old testament is not the god of the new testament just wait until jesus comes back like dead we're all dead like (laughs) praise god for sending jesus that's all i have to say seriously though but like the fear of god this is the type of fear of God that I have. I have the reverence and respect of his holiness and yes. his like almightiness, you know, obviously not in the same sense that they do, but oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, because it's serious. It's, it's so a serious. serious stuff and it's not to be taken lightly. No. So, um, my study Bible actually has one of your archeological evidences. Yes. I love did it. Did you see it? Mm-hmm, I read it. Did you go and look and see what they were? I, I did not. Okay. So, the study section says, how do I, um, a Hittite document mm-hmm. from the second millennium BC provides an analogy to the Old Testament text that described the work of the Levites and the priests in that it describes two classes of people who watch over and take care of the temple, a priestly class and a non-priestly class. People in the latter group serve as aides to the former group. Mm-hmm. So like extra biblical text of a population of people who actually were inhabiting Canaan. So they would have seen these people come in and have these like rituals, rituals, ceremonies, whatever you want to talk, like have the organization that they have. So like things that are written, if you didn't know are true. Right. (laughs) But the, the the extra biblical text that they're talking about is the Boaz Koi archives. It's spelled B O G A Z k-o-y okay and it's a turkish word because it's around that that area area. but the hittites basically wrote in hieroglyphs okay Mm -hmm. so like there's twenty five thousand tablets that were found in this area that have a bunch of different things talking about the hittite civilization and like they had treaties with egypt and like all this other stuff from around this same time and they actually talk about the The israelite people and like specifically the levites and like their duties around the tent of meeting Very cool. obviously 
they would have an interest yeah in what this big giant tent was and all of these yeah, things because they were set apart and everything that the israelites did was completely different from mm-hmm. what the nations around them and the people around them were doing yep um so aaron and his sons were going to appoint people of service mm-hmm. so it wasn't just random like the priests had to appoint you to a station correct basically um and then from there i didn't read this but this is just like common sense i feel you, that would be like your preceptor so like whoever if you're yes. in training like that's who's going to train teach you. you what to do teach you yeah. what to do mm-hmm. you know they'll yeah. have yes what stewards or whatever yeah you know exactly about. yeah apprentices apprentices that's it that's yes. the word i'm looking for <laughs> okay so the gershonites mm-hmm. gershon yeah okay 21 30 years old up to 50 who can come to duty to do service in the tent of meeting um, this is 23. This is the service of the clans, of the Gershonites and serving and bearing burdens. They shall carry the curtains of the tabernacle and the tent of meeting with its covering and the coverings of goatskin that is on top of it and the screen for the entrance of the tent of meeting and the hangings of the court and the screen for the entrance of the gate of the court that is around the tabernacle and the altar and their cords and all equipment for their service. Okay. Okay, yeah. So Aaron um, and his sons are going to assign their charge, all that they are to carry. And that's basically it. So they're under the direction of Ithamar, which is the youngest son of Aaron. Okay. So as the, call, call the whatever, <laughs> the, the K people um, were under the charge or under the authority of Eliezer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Who also had a lot more things under his belt. He had the oil and the yeah and the bread of the oh, the bread of the present no not the bread um yes, the grain offering the bread of the presence was left on the table fragrant incense the regular grain offering and the anointing oil mm-hmm. and he had oversight of the, all of that whereas ithamar has the other two people they have he has the marari knights mm-hmm. and the Gersh- gershonites um so they had all of the woven things not the heavy materials that keep up the woven things, but they had all the woven things. Yeah, like the, and remember all the layers we talked about at, for the actual tent. Like that stuff is not light. No, there's so much of it. Yeah, but because, they were also in charge of the upkeep of those things too. Like they weren't just in charge of taking it down and putting, and putting it back it up. up. Yeah, also taking yeah taking care of it. Like so whole, if there patching was a whole, holes, exactly. like mm-hmm. cleaning it, dusting it, yep. like everything. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But they couldn't go into the tent. So, like, that's my thing. Like, how did they fix stuff if they couldn't go into the court? Well, probably they would, it would be taken down. Yeah. You're right. Would be my guess yeah. is, is that it would be taken down and brought to them. They would fix it and it would be taken back and put back up. Yeah. So, Enduring Word had something interesting for the one, all who enter to perform the service. It says the words to perform the service are, as Margin tells us, literally to war the warfare. Oh, the hint of warfare in this phrase in this context is meaningful. The service of these Levites was relatively mundane. They did not perform sacrifices and were not even allowed to look at the sacred furnishings of the tabernacle. Yet their service was not described in some sense. Wait, yet their service was described in some sense as warfare. This speaks to a truth that many servants of God have known when one begins to serve the Lord, his people and a needy world in the name of Jesus. The warfare Mm -hmm. begins hmm anybody who is anybody who's ever been of the world and has come to christ knows, knows the warfare we're talking about yep. very real it's very hard mm-hmm. and when you're in it man you're in it yep don't put god at your back and you'll get through correct mm-hmm. anyway i just thought that was interesting that is very interesting so yeah the murder <laughs> them <laughs> those people um were to carry all of the pillars the boards the associated parts bases um, the bases like all that stuff so the estimated weight was 19,000 yeah, pounds just the the Mar- marari knights yeah, or whatever just the bases the structure the, the structural materials yeah um, again, they were supposed to be assigned their tasks and that's how they were supposed to be doing it. Yeah. By Aaron. It himself. required four ox carts. That's insane. To buy. And I believe that the woven items required maybe one or two ox carts. Like the, um, there was a thing where they weren't carrying everything. Like they no. had to put it on like a trance 
transport cart or something like that. Yeah. Especially like the inner, the furnishings and stuff like that was put on a cart. They weren't carrying those items. They had to carry them to put them on. I think the only thing they had to carry was the Ark of the Covenant. And again, by the poles. Well, no, no, it was on the cart. No, you had to carry it by the poles. Well, then how did that guy die? Because he tried to save it. Because it fell off of a cart. First of all, it got stolen, I believe, in one of the wars. So it was it was stolen and they were bringing it back into the temple or back into the city and they were i because i believe that was also part of the problem is the fact that they were carrying it on an ox cart because i don't think the ark of the covenant was supposed to go on a cart it was supposed to be carried by those poles well that would make sense if he touched it and And then it was because it was going to fall off yeah because like i said they were it was like they had recovered it from one battle or something because king david blamed himself for that guy's death then and it was a whole yeah we'll get there but anyways okay so they were doing a census right (laughs) yeah of each brother we did yeah of each brother so from the ages of 30 to 50 the kothites Mm -hmm. there was 2750 from gershon there were 2630 right Mm -hmm. and from marari there was 3200 yeah so in total, that was 8,580. Yeah. That's a lot of people. It is. I have this excerpt from the study portion. It says between 30 and 50 years old totaled, like you just said, 8,580, just mm-hmm. over a third of their total number of 22,000. This chapter, again, shows preparations being made for the march into Canaan. It underlines once again, the dangerous holiness of God, which we touched on. Mm -hmm. He cannot be approached casually. It emphasizes the importance of the ministry of the Levites who make possible the transport of the tabernacle to the land and who guard it from intrusion. Yes. So the Levites, it says that, so it goes to say, you know, who transport the tabernacle to the land and who guard it from intrusion. Are they also the ones who guard like the walls of the city and stuff as well? Eventually. I think by guard, they mean like when they're in camp because they are the ones that guard it from outsiders. Yeah. As well who as guard it from intrusion. It as in not the land, but no, in, it as, as in, in the tabernacle. Exactly. Okay. And the court yeah. and everything like that. Like they are the cushion that guard it from they're the last unauthorized people. Mm-hmm. The last line like this this the goalies the if whole you will. the whole thing about the priests and all that it's very exclusion like it's it's not inclusive at all and like you were called for a specific task and a specific duty when you have when you were part of the levites it very clearly if not like by god god specifically called aaron in aaron's line to be the priest and the high priest and then those priests called you to perform what duties or, or services or jobs or whatever that yeah. you were going to have yeah. So, perform. like, if you were born in the tribe of Judah, you could not do any of that stuff, even Whether if you wanted, wanted to, or to not. Even if you wanted to. So, like, I feel like it's very exclusive in that, exactly. in that sense. Which, which is good, what he wanted, in my yeah. opinion. But. Yeah, which is exactly what God wanted. Because, like we talked about last week, you know, that he just further set those, those group of people, that group of people further set them apart from God. Yep. They were chosen. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it puts the emphasis on chosen. And I just think it's incredible that because of jesus is why anybody yeah can be called into that field now right yeah well yeah because we are all what does he say exactly we are all something through We're jesus all in the body of christ yeah we are all we are all we are all priests we are all something through jesus is what i can't remember if it's in john or wherever but we talked about it in a previous episode i'm pretty sure it's priests i think so too Priests or church? Because whenever, I think it is priests, because I think we talked about when we were talking about Aaron and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how now through Jesus, we're all called to be priests. And Well, we're supposed to live out the life that is a Christian life. Mm -hmm. Like we're supposed to shine God's light. And to minister. And to minister those around us who do not know who Mm -hmm. God is and who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. I.e. somewhat the idea behind this podcast. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah. Anyway. I think that brings this episode to an end. I think it does. We have a favorite verse? We do. I know that might surprise you. It does surprise do. me because I haven't picked one <laughs> thus far this year. We do. It is. Yes, you did. You picked last week's. I guess. Okay. 
we usually mutually agree though yeah we do anyways um so our favorite verse is numbers chapter three verse eight they shall god <laughs> all the furnishings what's a hard <laughs> they okay. did they, i'm sorry they did what okay okay, okay. <laughs> let's go to sus so our favorite verse is numbers chapter three verse eight they shall guard all the furnishings of the tent of meeting and keep guard over the people of israel as they minister at the tabernacle yes and we went into a lot of detail about that we it's did such a good verse it is it's such a good verse just remember if you are in christ and you live a godly life it's okay if it's not all the time you show the fruits of the spirit whether you realize it or not and <laughs> you're ministering of those around you whether you notice it or not. Correct. Because I feel like a lot of times you can leave really good impressions and really, you know, speak to people without actually knowing it. Exactly. Actions so. speak louder than words. Yep. They do. So. And on that note. Right. On the next episode, we'll be talking about Numbers chapters 5 and 6. And that will be up next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed the time we spent in God's Word. And we hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>